Welcome to A Well Cared For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about joy. And I'll be honest and tell you that there was definitely a time when I cringed whenever I heard the word joy. (laughs) I thought the word applied to obnoxiously cheerful people, and I didn't understand the word for a really long time, or even how it was possible for someone to feel that much happiness. Because when I thought of the word joy, I thought of someone who was experiencing an excess of happiness. And because it was so difficult for me to connect with a normal level of happiness, The idea of a joyful excess of happiness just seemed mystical at best and completely impossible at worst. But slowly, I began to understand that joy is actually describing a mixture of feelings like happiness and delight and pleasure. It's a profound sense of well-being and contentment that arises from inside ourselves and can be experienced in various aspects of our lives. And joy is also different from temporary happiness, which is often linked to external circumstances or events. Things happen that make us happy. And that's why happiness can come and go, because it's based on these fleeting moments of achievement. But joy is very different than that. Joy is a deeper and more sustained state of inner happiness, of satisfaction. Joy can be experienced even during challenging times or in the absence of any external factors that would make us happy. And that was definitely something I just could not comprehend in the beginning of my journey to learn about joy. And because the idea of joy is, again, so very nebulous, it's something you feel, right? It's not something tangible that we can necessarily touch. I want to give you a little bit more of a description of joy to kind of help move you in the direction of what I'm talking about. So joy is often described as a sense of inner peace or fulfillment or having a deep connection to ourselves and the world around us. It can be experienced in many different ways for different people, but we often feel it in meaningful relationships or when we have personal achievements, when we express ourselves creatively. The feeling I get when I'm writing, when I write a poem in particular, there's this expansive feeling that kind of fills me up, and that would be the feeling of joy. Acts of kindness can help us connect to that feeling of joy. Or simply when we are present in our lives, appreciating the beauty of our life, these are the really simple moments when joy can creep in. Because essentially, joy is the natural byproduct of having a good relationship with ourselves, of rebuilding our four pillars of wellness, which we've been talking about for the entire show now. (laughs) And also, it's a two-way street. Not only will building up your pillars create joy in your life, but cultivating joy in your life will also strengthen your pillars. So it's connected. Now, before I get into the strategies that I use to cultivate joy in my life, I want to first talk about the major hindrances that I had to 
work through in order to be able to access joy because there were certainly setbacks that were keeping me from enjoying my joy for a long time. Because of my upbringing and how difficult it was, the challenging people I had in my life, how volatile my life was and my circumstances, I tended to not trust joy or happiness. Anytime I remotely started to feel something that was like peace or tranquility, something terrible would happen. And for that reason, for a really long time, even after I escaped my dangerous environment, my difficult circumstances, when the opportunity for joy would come up, I would be very suspicious of it. So instead of just being like, oh, this is a lovely moment, how peaceful, how nice, I'm sitting out here looking at the birds and the sunshine, enjoying my cup of tea, instead of just being in that moment and feeling joyful, my brain would click on into suspicious mode and be like, wait a minute, what's happening here? What does this peace mean? What terrible thing is about to occur? My brain would just be so suspicious of any kind of positive experience because in my past, it was so connected to negative things that would happen that if you had a peaceful moment, then absolutely the next thing that would happen would be terrible because those experiences were alternating so quickly in the past. Because the rhythm is different for each life. In some lives, you have great moment, great moment, great moment, great moment, bad moment, great moment, great moment, great moment. It's more of a saturation of positive events rather than negatives. But if you live in a really volatile situation the way I did growing up with a mother who was mentally ill, who did really dangerous and upsetting things, with a narcissistic father who was very reactive, he could be happy one minute or he could be explosively angry the next. And so there was always this sense of walking on eggshells. This is what I mean by volatile situations. Then it would be good moment, bad moment, good moment, bad moment, good moment, bad moment. So it was just you were hopping back and forth so much. And so because of that, it was really incredibly difficult for me to settle into any one feeling because I was always on my toes. And so I began to associate that momentary pause of possible contentment or joy with brace yourself because something else is coming. And so that was something I had to really work through in order to give myself permission to even pursue and enjoy joy. And that's interesting, isn't it? The word enjoy, because it makes you think embodiment of joy. To enjoy something, you're doing it with a sense of relish, of contentment, of really being in it, relaxing into it. And so it was just really difficult for me to do that given my conditioning to that volatility. So my own personal journey with joy has gone hand in hand with my ability to trust joy. I had to develop trust in my ability to enjoy things in my life without this constant fear that something terrible was going to happen next. That has been my path. And it's been slow, trending upward, increasing joy day by day, and decreasing fear day by day. But that's how I made room for joy in my life. It was this combined practice of releasing fears and actively nurturing feelings of joy, telling myself over and over again, it's okay, things are not the way they used to be. You can enjoy this, you can trust this, it's not going to be snatched away from you. And even if it is, you are strong enough to survive it. A lot of positive self-talk was necessary for me to switch from this mode of distrust of joy to acceptance or invitation even for joy in my life. And cultivating joy in life is a personal and individual journey. 
whatever you've experienced in the past will shape the relationship that you have with joy. And so it will require a certain level of awareness of your own circumstances, of your own personal history. But with that said, there are several practices that can help people find more happiness and fulfillment in their lives. And you can try to tailor these strategies to your own experience to make it more relevant and usable for you. So here are some strategies that can help you cultivate joy. Practicing gratitude is one strategy, and that involves consciously acknowledging and appreciating positive aspects in our lives. And I do this by taking time each day to reflect on the things that I'm grateful for, whether that's people in my life or experiences that I've had. In my journal, I often prompt myself with what's one positive experience I had in the last 24 hours. And so I'll recount something really pleasant that happened in the last 24 hours. And it can be so small, like a little kid at the grocery store smiled at me. It does not have to be grandiose. Joy is not in nature necessarily grand. It's definitely more aligned with the quiet loving moments that we find in our everyday. And then in addition to looking for something that happened in the last 24 hours, sometimes I also prompt myself of what's something in the next 24 hours that I'm looking forward to. That's another way to look at it. I also have a daily gratitude I'll call it journal, but it's actually more of a list in which I just list as many as I can on the page things I'm grateful for that day. And again, they're very simple things. Making a cup of tea drinking a cup of tea, having a delicious breakfast, the sunshine on my window, Charlie, who is my dog if you didn't know, Charlie's sweet face, enjoying a hot shower, getting all my laundry done or being able to do my laundry at home because there were several years where I had to do it in the laundromat, but now I got a washer and dryer at home. It's very fancy. And so things like that, whatever it is I'm grateful for, I just fill up my list as much as I can. And then I read that and feel really blessed for the things that I have in my life, the people I have in my life. And so you could also try a gratitude list in addition to those two journal prompts. Those are ways to practice gratitude. And I'm sure that also if you got on the internet and you googled how do I practice gratitude, you will find many suggestions from all over the world. <laughs> and in addition to practicing gratitude, another strategy that has helped me cultivate joy in my life is mindfulness, particularly because, as I mentioned, I was working with fear for a really long time. The fear was crowding out all the space I had for joy. I didn't have room for joy because I was so fearful. And so mindfulness comes in because it helps me to practice being fully present and engaged in the moment rather than wrapped up in my mind and thinking about all the could have, would have, should haves that tends to distract us, to drag us into the future or into the past. And so practicing mindfulness allows me to enhance my awareness of the positive experiences I'm having in the moment and then to savor those experiences. And so you can practice mindfulness through meditation or through deep breathing or simply by paying attention to your surroundings, to the sensations in your body. And I also use a lot of affirmations and mantras to help me connect with those feelings of being here right now. And one of the most simple things that I like to say to myself is, I am enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> or another variation is, I like this. And that might sound crazy. You might be like, why are you saying I enjoy this? But for example, let's say that I sit down to a breakfast and I'm eating my breakfast and it's a great breakfast. Instead of rushing through the breakfast, just saying to myself, you know, I'm really enjoying this. This is really delicious. I really like this. 
It's forcing me to stop and recognize that something good is happening rather than again being wrapped up in the fear and getting lost in the emotion that's trying to crowd out the space I'm making for joy. So just saying something positive that can also slow down the mind a lot. Other ways that I bring more joy into my life is cultivating positive relationships with people, strong relationships with people. Because loving people definitely contribute to a sense of joy, a sense of well-being. And it took me a long time to find the people that could do that. So let's be clear. If you're in a difficult situation right now, maybe you have no support system. When I left my family behind, when I moved away to Michigan, when I was trying to get out of the toxic environments, away from the difficult people that were ruining my mental health and making me feel so bad about myself and keeping me stuck. I didn't have anyone at first, right? I had to walk away from everything. And so I was very alone. And so I did not feel joyful in my relationships. I had no relationships. I gave up on the ones that I had in a quest to seek better. So it's very possible that you're not in the position right now to draw strength from positive relationships in your life. But as you look for the people that you do want in your life, the people you do want to connect with, know that it's a great strategy for developing joy when we invest time and effort into nurturing good relationships, positive relationships, having meaningful conversations with people, participating in activities or experiences together that bring you closer, that make you feel loved and connected. I also get a lot of joy from pursuing my passions and my hobbies. So doing things that I love to do, that I'm passionate about doing, those bring immense joy into my life. Whether that's playing around on my keyboard, making up little songs, whether it's painting or being outside, doing yoga, maybe dancing, learning languages. You know that I like to learn a lot of languages, practicing languages playing sims. I really love to play sims. Whatever it is, making time for the things that make me happy and giving myself permission to be happy and enjoy those things. And if you're someone like me who's always so busy, there's always so many things jumping on the calendar, taking up your time, it can be really hard to give yourself permission to do something just because it makes you happy. We feel like we can only do things that matter. We can only do our work. We can only do our obligations. And that is just a killjoy that will absolutely suck the joy out of your life. Give yourself permission to do the things that just make you happy. There's no end game in sight. You're not doing it for any reason except that it makes you happy. And it's funny that I'm suggesting that to you because <laughs> as someone who tends towards workaholicism, uh, the idea that I would just do things to make myself happy was a very foreign concept until in my recent, recent, recent life, you know, within the last year or two. So definitely do better than me and make room in your life to do things that make you happy that do not serve any other purpose except making you joyful. It also helps to be joyful if you're taking good care of yourself, because if you're not in a good state of well-being, it's hard to feel joyful. So make sure you're still taking care of your physical, your emotional and mental needs, that you're getting enough sleep, that you're eating nourishing foods for your body, that you're moving your body regularly, you're exercising, that you are also doing what you can to release stress from your body. So if you've got any tension and stuff built up, be sure that you're relaxing, that you're doing things like reading or taking baths or practicing yoga, whatever it is, whatever helps you chill out, be sure that you're doing those things too. You're prioritizing them in your life. I've also found quite a bit of joy in helping other people, nurturing that connectivity to other people, 
looking for opportunities to be of service and impact other people's lives. I get a lot of joy out of doing this podcast, for example, and then I get emails or messages from you guys about how it helps you, and I feel really joyful when that happens. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad that I am doing something that matters. So sometimes the best way to cultivate joy in your life is to be less focused on yourself and all of your problems and start reaching out to other people and trying to make those connections. But also there's something to be said about being joyful about your own great qualities because, again, joy is intrinsic. It's something that is nurtured inside ourselves. It doesn't come from great things that happen in our lives. You can be joyful even when things are terrible. And the way that you do that is by being joyful about the things that are inherent in you, qualities that you love about you. And even if you hate yourself today, which I really hope that's not true, but as someone who did hate themselves for a long time, I know that it's a reality. By cultivating an appreciation and a love for yourself, you will be more joyful. And so I'll give you a prompt if you're someone who's struggling with that. I'm going to give you a prompt to do in your journal. And the prompt is, I'm so happy that I am, and then fill in the blank. So if I was doing this journal for myself, I might say something like, I am so happy or I am so glad that I am a creative person. I am so glad that I am a patient person. I am so glad that I have a great deal of inner strength. I'm so glad that. Even when bad things happen, I always figure it out. I'm so glad that I'm the kind of person who loves to help other people, who cares about other people, whatever it is. So for you, go through that list and write the things that you are so grateful for, so happy for, so glad. The description word that you use is not really important. Whichever one resonates with you, happy, glad, grateful, whatever rings your bell, you can use that one. But the, the structure is the I'm so happy that I'm blank. And that will help you to, again, start looking at these intrinsic qualities that will be with you no matter what's happening in your external world. So you could be in a really horrible situation and you could tell yourself, I am so glad that I'm a patient person who can figure this out. That is a source of cultivating joy. And again, please remember that cultivating joy is a continuous practice. It takes so much time and effort. It's not going to be automatic or overnight, either because you're trying to work through these difficult programming setbacks in your mind that maybe you've acquired for many years of negative conditioning, or maybe it's just you're out of practice because something bad happened and now you're just a little nervous that maybe something bad might also happen again in your life. Whatever it is for you, just know that every experience every journey in life is unique to people and so therefore the relationship they build with joy will also be unique so just experiment with the different strategies and try to find something that works great for you and then milk it for all it's worth (laughs) but definitely just remember that joy is a practice it's something that you get good at doing it's not necessarily something that you automatically have in your toolbox so if you don't feel especially joyful now Don't beat yourself up about that. You can absolutely learn how to bring more joy into your life, how to build space in your life for that joy. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me through any of my social media or through my email, corey at coreymshrum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. 
This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.